Okay, so just walking through the doors from Lewisham Shopping Centre into the Migration Museum and I'm joined by Aditi Anand, the Artistic Director here and Curator of the Taking Care of Business Exhibition. Hi Aditi. Hi Jackie. So we start off coming into the migrant makers market, the next iteration of the museum gift shop which yes. I really enjoy. So then this takes us up through into the takeaway section but the first thing that we see are two fantastic photos so one of a kind of sort of bar italia italian 1950s coffee bar i guess and the most 70s fantastic photo of the original costa coffee and i think aditi was saying that this was you know in a kind of family archive and Yes, yeah, so when we sort of initially um, were researching Costa, you know, we found some basic information online about the family and their origins in Italy, but there wasn't that much visual information available. And we went through kind of the official channels at Costa and they didn't really have an archive. But eventually they put us through to um, Sergio Costa's daughter and family. And we were able to, you know, get these amazing photographs that were just in her family album. Um, and and also Sergio, her father's recollections, um, which is, yeah, it's amazing because they, they really haven't been published elsewhere. And here we also see, I guess, a sort of different side of migrant entrepreneurship, which is something that will be sort of pretty ubiquitous to anybody on the streets of London, which is the Deliveroo bike and kind of just eat bikes. I guess they're a different side of entrepreneurship. Maybe sometimes people who are pushed into a type of entrepreneurship where maybe they would prefer employment. Uh, was it important for you to include that type of kind of self-employment entrepreneurship, uh, gig economy? Yeah, I mean, well, the fact is, the f we started with the fact that actually Deliveroo and Just Eat were founded as companies by migrant entrepreneurs themselves. So Deliveroo was founded by Will Shu, who is Taiwanese-American, um, and Just Eat is, um, is a Danish entrepreneur. But yeah, there's obviously the angle of the gig economy as well. So I think it was important for us to, to not gloss over some of the nuances of um, business practices. So, you know, we while we are kind of looking at this huge contribution of migrant businesses, that doesn't mean they're immune from um, you know, critiques about exploitation and sustainability. I think those are really big issues facing the kind of business world. So we wanted to we wanted to highlight the businesses, but also raise some of those questions. Absolutely. And then we move through into what I would have to say is a kind of perfect uh, recreation of the Lucky Star uh, takeaway, and also a wall of a kind of imitations of a South London institution uh, of Morley's, but not quite. Yeah, so this is a really interesting project called Morley's or Less. Um, and I mean, if you live in North South London, you'll know Morley's. It's a very signature institution. You know, it's got red, um, red background, white lettering, Morley's. Uh, it's this chicken shop that was started nearly 40 years ago now by a Sri Lankan immigrant. But because it's been such, so successful, become kind of a South London institution, um, a lot of other <laughs> migrant businesses have kind of riding on the coattails <laughs> by um, creating imitation Morleys. So all of these pictures that you see on the wall are all fake Morleys, um, which many of them don't exist anymore. Um, but I think it's just, yeah, it reflects a lot of the sort of humor and ingenuity of migrant-owned businesses. <laughs> and kind of how fast-moving some of these businesses are, can be. And yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's just ways that people find to get publicity, to survive. It's sort of the immigrant hustle is really... <laughs> 
And this whole section feels so evocative. I bet you've had some kind of reactions of people as they've kind of come through this part of the exhibition, kind of focused on uh, Morley's, but also Chinese takeaway as well. Yeah, I think, I think the Chinese takeaway is, is one space where we have lots of really emotional reactions. Um, and sort of all credit for this uh, exhibit, this installation goes to Angela Hui, who um, you know, put together this exhibition, which features kind of photographs of both her family, but also the families of various, behind various takeaways all over the UK. Um, and we also have a film with Angela's mother featured here, where she kind of talks about why they settled in Wales, a typical workday for her. Um, I mean, just grueling, grueling hard work, <laughs> but a way of kind of just creating a better life for, for their children. Um, and yeah, it's very evocative. There's a space here where you can pick up a phone and dial numbers to listen to s memories from takeaway kids. Uh, it's very interactive. People can leave their memories. So I think, yeah, I think this has definitely hit a chord with a lot of our audiences. And it has that contrast between being very focused on South London, but then also having that uh, kind of sense of all around the UK with the takeaway from Wales as well. Absolutely. And I think, I think you know, at the Migration Museum, we always uh, try to strike a balance between the kind of local story, the hyper-local relevance, but also the fact that migration and migrant entrepreneurship is very much a, a national story and to reflect that. Um, and I think this is kind of an amazing example because um, Angela interviewed people who own takeaways, you know, everywhere from Yorkshire to London to Wales. Um, so it's like a really interesting portrait. And then that takes us through to the restaurant section. And what I love about this is um, we talked about the interactivity, but the kind of uh, social sense of this bit of the exhibition. So we have a number of kind of two-seater tables where uh, each of which represents a different restaurant, some of which where you can listen to stories, but also, I guess, where you can, where you can sit down and discuss with each other your kind of thoughts about... Uh, restaurant culture in the UK and the contribution of migrant entrepreneurs to that. Yeah, because I mean, in any given exhibition, you can only, you know, really feature a fraction <laughs> of the kind of um, stories that you can possibly tell about food and migration. So I think it was important to kind of highlight a few stories that we thought um, would bring out different themes, but also give space for people to have conversations. Because I mean, everyone's got an experience with a migrant food business that they have either eaten at or know about. So, um, so giving kind of space for that conversation is really important. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that like the different businesses featured give you different angles in the story. We talked about kind of the uh, monsoon restaurant and you know the Bangladeshi curry houses in Brick Lane um, and their history and the kind of current pressures they face but and then we also have a story here which is um, about Smokey Joe's Diner you know which is about a very pioneering Caribbean diner but um, it's also kind of an interesting and um, and really relevant story about black businesses and financing and when Charlie Phillips was trying to expand the business you know there was a lot of couched racism from the banks um, refusing to kind of give him a loan because they just couldn't see that it was a proven model for a business um, so I mean it's, it's it's really also about you know a lot of the struggles that some of the smaller um, businesses face in kind of being able to scale up and you have that real contrast of both uh stories like Rosa's Tie, where that's become kind of larger chain businesses and then some of the kind of smaller businesses. Whereas you say there is that struggle to scale up or also presumably in some cases there isn't, people want to keep a kind of um, small scale 
one restaurant as well. Yeah, certainly. I mean, there's also, you know, the, the kind of fa- local family-owned businesses. Um, we have an example of Maggie's Cafe, which is kind of an institution in Lewisham Central. It's been running for 40 years, and it was started by Maggie, who came from Ireland, um, and then met her husband, who is also of a migrant background, and it's now run by their children. But, you know, it's very much um, kind of, yeah, it's, it's like a family-owned business, and it's kind of continued in that same vein that it started 40 years ago. Is that a portrait of Maggie? Yes, that's a portrait of Maggie. <laughs> that, was, that was actually done by um, an artist called Karima Hassan, who's done kind of, we commissioned her to do portraits of um, nine local business owners in Lewisham. Uh, and we've kind of, yeah, featured those portraits in, elsewhere in the exhibition as well. And so then as we kind of wind our way past the tables, uh, what I can see coming next is a whole load of shopping bags, uh, very apt for our location, and of basically nearly all (laughs) uh, high street shops that you could think of, um, ranging from Selfridges to June to Kurt Geiger to Marks and Spencers, and then also to fast fashion providers like Boohoo. Um, I presume, yeah, shopping was a kind of an important part of the exhibition, but was there some sort of tension with some of the questions around fast fashion, some of the stories around exploitation and, and those kind yeah, of areas? So, I mean, the exhibition is kind of set up a bit like a high street in a way. So you've got these different sections that look at different types of businesses. So, you know, we touched on food, we touched on technology. Um, this particular section was looking at style and the ways that migrant businesses have shaped our styles through the ages. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, so you see that a lot of these fast fashion high street brands were either founded by migrants or their descendants um, because historically um, you know migrants have really uh, played a very key role in the garment industry (laughs) whether that's in manufacturing or in retail Um, and obviously that brings up a lot of uh, important questions about exploitation in garment factories uh, about sustainability and climate change linked to some of these fast fashion brands so I mean I think we wanted to highlight the migration stories behind these brands um, but also question some of those practices Um, you know just because you're (laughs) a migrant business doesn't make you sort of immune from the fact that uh, some of these industries are very exploited exploitative so we kind of have a section on the rag trade for example here where we talk um, we look at you know kind of experiences of garment workers um, through the ages and some of the kind of garment worker strikes and unions and all these different perspectives on the industry because I think it's very important to have those conversations at the moment. Absolutely and I guess we're sort of if this is the high street we're maybe in like the town square here I guess because we've got uh, fashion we've got sort of homeware we have the perfect sort of evocation of a corner shop and then finally we have the golden scissors it has a come in where open sign so this is the barbers Um, so and I think I recognize this perhaps from uh, one of the previous exhibitions, is that right? Yeah, so we had um, we had a barbershop in our Room to Breathe exhibition before uh, where we had this installation just about you know migrant barbers and their customers having conversations. You sit down in the barber's chair and you can kind of listen into these conversations. Um, so we kept that, but we also expanded this space to look at the history of kind of hair and beauty businesses um, and yeah, explore some of the stories that aren't as particularly well-known. For example, the story of Dyke and Dryden, which was a um, business founded by two Jamaican men who were later joined by a third uh, partner, and they were Britain's first kind of black-owned, multi-million-pound brand. Um, 
and you know the first kind of manufacturers of black hair products so it's kind of a good example of entrepreneurs seeing gaps in the market and seeing you know which customers aren't being served by the the larger marketplace and creating specific products um, but again you know it was it was I think they faced quite a lot of racism and challenges in getting bank loans getting spaces retail spaces to open their business quite a lot of discrimination um, which is kind of told through the story here but they were definitely pioneers and I think they opened up a lot of spaces for black owned businesses particularly hairdressers and barbers yeah and I think it really speaks to something we talked about before which is migrant entrepreneurship that is kind of looking outwards but also within communities and that is spotting gaps that perhaps other parts of the economy don't want to address because of discrimination etc and being and the capacity to be able to react to that and create new businesses and uh, but also the challenges within that yeah great thank you so much for that tour around taking care of business <laughs>